Hey, Jason. So I have a problem. I am wanting to service my clients, vacation homes. I'm wanting to reach out further than where I'm working now. I really would love for my clients to ask for design styles that are newer and not just based off of my current portfolio, but using some of these new products that I've been seeing and new looks and things that I really want them to start warming up to. What should I do? You can do it with email and I'm going to show you just how you can do it. Welcome to the Designer Discussions Podcast. Tune in each week where we discuss marketing, branding, PR, and business advice for design professionals. As an interior designer, I feel like I spend a lot of time putting out there into the world what it is that I've already accomplished. But right now, I really want to see if there are ways that I can start implementing processes and procedures that I can get my clients to become more open to the new and cool things that are coming up, to the idea that, you know, letting them know maybe I'm servicing new areas, things that are happening and changing behind the scenes, but yet I haven't seen some of my clients in six months a year, two years. So Jason, help me to build my business in that direction. I actually hear that question a lot, Maria. And what I tell a lot of designers is I actually ask them, do they have an email list? And a lot of the times I hear the answer is no, or I hear I've tried that before and it didn't work. And the answer, once I hear that answer If it's no, it's like, okay, well, we have to try it. If it's I've tried that before and it didn't work, I would usually do a follow-up is how did you structure or how did you lay out your email? Because we have a lot of clients that we work with and one in particular did email marketing for a long time. And I had talked about this in episode four. She had a large email list. And she stopped because her open rate dropped over time. And then once we took it over and she was skeptical because she's like, I've already done this. This is going to be a waste of your time. Once we took it over, we saw where she went wrong. She's an award winning designer, but the emails was all about her. And you have to make the emails about your end user, about the consumer and the prospect. What do they need and what do they want to hear? Once you make it about them, they're going to open the email. They're going to be more receptive to what you have to say. Once we changed up the structure, her email list grew, her open rate grew. And for six months in a row, six months straight, she had a sale every single month. It was not always the person that received the email. Sometimes it was once they opened the email, they said, oh, I actually have a neighbor that's interested in what you have to offer or that's interested in X, Y, Z, let me introduce you. It's because you're staying top of mind. Email helps you stay top of mind with your current and past clients. If you change services, if you add on new services, if you add anything on, they now know what's new. Even if you haven't talked to them in years, they now know who you are. They now know how to refer you to people they know. And if they know, like, and trust you, they'll refer you. So that's the power of email. And one other thing, I also mentioned this in episode four, email is one of the two properties that you own. And I stress this all the time. 
You own your website, you own your email list. Those are the only two properties you own. You do not own Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, any of those other platforms you're on, house, you don't own those platforms. So at any time, they could take your information down and shut you down. But you own your website, you own your email list. So why not utilize it? Jason, what would be something that one of my customers wants to hear from me? A couple things. Some of the things that your end user or that your potential client would want to hear from you is what are you offering or what is it that they want to know? And it's easy to do research on the end user on what they want to know. Honestly, all you got to do, there's a few websites out there, answer the public, Quora, that you can do quick research in and what in the interior design, home remodeling, architecture realm are they typing in? And you can get a, a list of questions that are typically asked or typed in search. And as you answer those in your email, now you're answering a lot of the questions that your client has. And you can even look on YouTube. One of the most searched terms on YouTube is how to fill in the blank, how to make my room look larger, how to add color, whatever the how-to is that you are an expert in and you do for your clients, explain that. Explain your processes so now the end user knows how how to work with you and they now begin to know you and like you and hopefully trust you. By adding in information that your end user wants to know, now you are answering, why would they want to open my email? So Jason, as a solopreneur myself, I understand the hesitation because people just think it's one more thing to do, right? It's more work. So in terms of frequency, how often do you have to send out your email newsletter in order to, for it to make sense and to see success? I get that question a lot too. I hear from a lot of designers, email, that's just going to be a lot of time. And I usually say you're doing it wrong. So it should only take, it should only take two to three hours a month. Again, two to three hours a month. If you spend more than that, you're spending way too much time on it. What you need to do, if you are doing some type of social media, and we're going to talk about this in a future episode about creating a content calendar, aspects of the content calendar should also be aspects of your email. The projects that you're working on, the how-to, the processes, the images should also be an aspect of your email. Answering typical questions that you hear all the time should be a part of your email. So if you take two to three hours out a month, you should be able to craft an email and develop a layout that then each month you could spend two hours or less developing the content for the email that could be sent out. And you only have to send the email out once a month. You can send it out more, but for most designers that are swamped, and have a lot of projects going on right now, they don't have the time, ironing out and cutting out two to three hours a month should not be a problem to create an email to, again, stay top of mind with your end user or your clients. So when a potential project comes up or a potential issue that they hear about, they now have a reference of you because you're top of mind with that email every month. 
I can't help but think that a lot of the questions that interior designers are given in social media could be answered through their email list and require someone to turn over their email to receive the answer. Um, I think that if a designer is well-known for certain paint colors, uh, a type of wood flooring, even a cabinet style, and those things are really highly popular and people are super interested in them, um, that this is a way that people could be pulling people from their social media and into their assets. I agree 100%. And we actually have some clients that they do their own email and we just uh, consult with them and advise them on how best. And we actually had this happen about a month or two ago. We had a client say, what do I write about? We just went over their projects. I just had them talk about their projects. I said, just explain to me what has happened in the last month. What have you done? So what? So you have, you have clients X, Y, Z. What was that process like? You talked about how they were an issue because what happened in the project because of the cost or what happened here and there. That whole process, everything you just talked about, it can be an email. And when and that aha moment was like, oh, it's just my everyday what I do. I'm just explaining what I do, my processing to my end user in an email and then showing them what I do. And that is in turn showing value. Oh my gosh, I could totally see how that would be helpful for people who are interested in having design services or are currently working on a remodel because anytime a house is under construction in a neighborhood, the neighbors are like, how's that project going? People want to give advice. People want to swing by and see how, how everything is going. And they do typically ask, who are you working with? Like the number one time someone is going to be asked, who are you working with? Who is your interior designer is going to be when their house is actively under construction because the neighbors are going to be nosy. So it's also a good way to have uh, something that's readily available that could be going out. That's also kind of introducing so that your client can then forward on information about what's who uh, you know what's going on with the project? Who they're using for the general contracting? Who is their designer on uh, on call on the project and that kind of thing? So I can totally see how just breaking it down to the basics of what it is that we do. Even I would assume going to a design showroom if there's like mm-hmm. a project they want to feature for the month. Um, if there's colors and trends that they're seeing, um, I know that we've previously spoken about Haro. I think that some of the concepts that come across in Haro would also be a good guideline for like these uh, content calendars for what interior designers can talk about. Because if a magazine wants to hear about it, I promise your email list is going to be very interested in it as well. Yes. And I'll just add on to that. You have to remember as a designer, nine times out of 10, you've been trained. So you've had a lot of schooling, you've had a lot of classes. So a lot of the knowledge you have, the average everyday Joe or Jane doesn't know. So your knowledge is an aspect of the how-to and your processing that they want to know about because they want to know how to work with a designer, how to work with a contractor. How do I add lighting the right way to make my room larger? How do I add color? All of these small tips and tricks that you know as a designer, the average everyday Joe or Jane doesn't know. That simple information and those tricks and tips are 
is content that you can use in an email that will help grow your email list and have you stay top of mind. And they will view you as an expert in the industry because you're providing all of this information. Jason, what would be the first step to getting my email list going? I'm going to have a workbook on this because we actually did a CEU on this, which I'll have in the links of the show notes. And it hits step by step onto everything you need to do to get your email list started and all the research you need to do, but just at a high level. What you want to do, you want to do just a basic research. You want to know who your audience is. And if you haven't heard me on any of the past podcasts, you'll hear me say over and over again, the first thing you want to do is define your audience. And there's an exercise that we have on, I believe that was in episode six, where we had an exercise on how to define your audience. Look at that. You want to define your audience. And as you develop that, now you have, if you know who your audience is, now you can develop an avatar. So you know who they are, where they are, what they like, what their interests are. And now you can write for them because when you write for them, they're more likely to open, read and say and and assume that you're writing to them as opposed to writing about yourself. Because if you remember when I talked earlier, one of the issues that the designer that we work with had is that she was writing about herself and she is an award winning designer. But at the end of the day, you don't want to hear all that. Not not the end user, not not the client. They don't want they they don't want to hear how great you are. As the saying, oh, they don't care about what you offer until they know you care. And so once they see that you care about them and what they're going through, what their issues are and how to resolve that, now they're going to be open to hear what you have to say. So by understanding your client avatar, that's the start to understanding how to write for them and how to transcribe all of the all of the processes that you do in your everyday design life, how to turn that into what they want to hear. So that's the start. And like I said, we'll have a workbook that has all the detailed steps on everything you have to do. I just want to be high level right now. What if I'm really afraid that people are going to start unsubscribing to my email list and they don't want to hear from me? That's perfect. That Honestly, that is what you want. Because you want a high open rate. So all of the people that are that do not like what you have to say, that's not your audience. So if you do the exercise the right way, you're going to define who your audience is and you're going to write for them. All the people that do not like what you have to say, that's fine. There are other designers out there for them. You need to find the consumer and the client and the prospect that relates to you. And when you find that, they're going to want to hear more from you. So it's okay. You will not satisfy everybody. As the saying goes, in the marketing world, if you try to market to everyone, you're actually marketing to no one. So if they're not opening your email, that's not your audience. And so you want to find the right audience for you. And when you speak to them, your email list will grow. Now, what may happen is you may already have an email list now. And once you define your language and your tone and how you want to write, you may turn some people off. That's okay. But you're going to find the ones that want to know more and learn more about what you have to offer. So it's going to be a give and take, but you need to find your audience. And once you find your niche, your audience, it will grow. Once again, all of this information will be in the workbook that we have. If you look at the show notes, there's going to be a link to the CEU session where we have a workbook. It's an eight-page workbook 
on email marketing, how to send the email, what the email providers are, what the steps you need to take. It's a step-by-step guide. So look in the show notes to find all of the information and we look forward to hearing from you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Designer Discussions. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Jason, Maria, and Miriam on social media? You can find them on all platforms at designerdiscussions.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you are listening.